I'm Kathy Bird, host of the new Fresh Art International show on Jolt Radio, Miami. This radio show expands on conversations about creativity that I've been recording with contemporary artists, curators, filmmakers, and architects since 2011 for the Fresh Art International podcast. Today is September 6, 2016. For three days this week, we're live streaming our Jolt Radio show from inside the exhibition pavilion of the 32nd Sao Paulo Biennial in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Today's guests are Eduardo Navarro of Argentina, Ebony G. Patterson of Jamaica, Opi Vivaro, an artist collective from Brazil, as well as artists from the Aparelmento movement, a group that's actively protesting current politics in Brazil. We hope you enjoy the show. I'm here with Eduardo Navarro. He's an artist based in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And it's my first time in South America, Eduardo. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Have you been to Miami before? I've been there only, I think, three days. Because I was going from Mexico to New York and I stopped for a couple of days. So mm-hmm. I haven't seen much, much, but at least I, I stepped on Miami and walked around for Excellent. <laughs> two or three days. Excellent. Well, Eduardo has a really cool project here that I have not fully experienced, but he's going to tell you about it. He is interested in exploring different levels of perception and forms of altering reality and time. And sometimes his work borders on the spiritual. For this biennial, he's produced a project called Sound Mirror. Tell us about what we would experience if we're seeing it first and then hearing your sound mirror? Uh, basically, the work to so people get an, a visual idea of what it is, it's um, besides the pavilion, there's a palm tree that's 12 meters high. And what I did is I created some sort of really large kind of tuba instrument that takes the, that has two meters in its widest, like the, the end of the tuba like a huge trumpet. So basically the large trumpet takes the sound from the top of the palm tree inside of the pavilion. So um, basically, yeah, it's like a hearing device to hear the palm tree. So the trumpet is bringing the sound into our ear inside the biennial pavilion. And if you want to see what this looks like, you can look on freshartinternational.com because we have... Because we have... Uh, on the website a photo of his project okay yeah that will make more sense (laughs) so tell us what we would hear inside the biennial pavilion if we're listening to this tree Uh, I I don't think that it's too much about uh, what we hear it's more about um, the main idea of the work was not knowing um, I mean mean, uh, the palm tree doesn't know that it's a palm tree so that was the starting point of the work. And uh, from there on, I started thinking of, uh, I think it's like trying to hear what the, what the palm tree is, actually. Because we think we, we have a dog and the dog doesn't know it's, it's a dog. We have a chair and the chair doesn't know it's a chair. So we think we, uh, we adjust everything to our human perception of connecting two things and the way we relate and communicate with things. and. It was about putting the, the palm tree on the same horizontal scale. So I think it's more of a, some sort of kind of magical device or that allows you to see if the palm tree is going to tell you what its name is. So you see, uh, I would love to know what that palm tree's name is. <laughs> so you're seeing the world through the palm tree's ears. It's about uh, not talking to plant because everyone can talk to a plant and no one knows if the plant we really want to hear. So it's more about uh, uh, working with the possibility of allowing things to be what they are without our human uh, subjection. Intervention. Yeah. So uh, it's more of an imaginary way of dialogue with a palm tree and waiting to hear what the palm tree says. 
I love that. And what's interesting for me is the, the name of this biennial, the theme is Live Uncertainty. And I'm wondering how you see your project connecting with that theme. Uh, I think it's very connected to that theme because it's. Uh, I'm always trying to question the way we connect to other forms of living entities and beings. So uh, the idea of not depending on science in terms of like measuring the palm tree, studying the palm tree, but trying to work with what we don't know about the palm tree and the mystery of what a palm tree is. I think that's how I relate to the uncertainty, with the live uncertainty of the biennial. I like it. How does this work fit with other projects you've done? Uh, I've done, uh, I did a project where I went inside the crater of an active volcano in 2014 to make some uh, collages that were done by the the um, sulfur emissions of the volcano. So it was mainly trying to invert the process of, instead of the painter going to the landscape, the volcano painting its own portrait. So it's, it's always about inverting um, who thinks knows more about who. <laughs> so I think it's uh, that kind of process that I do. What other projects in the biennial do you think relate have a conversation with yours. Is there any other question, particular I project? Uh, I feel like uh, I've been like non-stop working for a week, and I feel like now I'm, I'll be able to to understand the territory and the map and see how everything is mixed together in a blender and see how. Oh, but I don't know. It's I like that all the works are living together without competing. Because in other biennials I've been, I felt like everyone all the works were kind of like challenging each other to see who and that, that's something that i feel like the biennial is very organic in that way it's true if you look outside we're actually in a kitchen space where it's a glass front and we can see biennial visitors going by outside and they are they are going in and out of other projects there are very few walls there are openings, wide openings into spaces that need a soundscape, mm -hmm. but otherwise the projects sort of flow into each other, and I think that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah I think it's um, uh, there's nothing overwhelming. <laughs> that's what I like about this biennial, because in other biennials there was always like a huge work, and then there was, and I think like here everything's equalized in a way that you get like a like a complete idea of what's go or what the biennial is about and then perhaps when you get to your house everything comes together in one thought I think so and they talked about it uh, Jochen Volz the curator was speaking about the f comparing the biennial to a garden uh, yeah. saying mm. that it's non-hierarchical in yeah. the way it's presented that the smallest project is as important as the biggest project for him and I love that yeah but I think the hardest part is that they really did it because in other biennials perhaps they do that or they have that speech but then it doesn't work but here it's uh, you can approach to the works with your body and not with your intellect and everything kind of works like very smoothly everything together yeah everything together yeah Wonderful. Well, thank you for joining me. No, I know you. you have another place to be right now. No, no, no. <laughs> so, I appreciate it. Coke with a friend <laughs> at the uh, restaurant. So. Okay, we have a fantastic yeah. restaurant next to yeah. nearby. It's called Restoro. That's being create. That's been created by an artist, Jorge Barreto, and it's got the longest line to get a drink there or get anything <laughs> to eat. But the food is yeah. amazing. Thank you for being here. No, and thanks I so much. See you again. All right, see you soon. Bye. Okay. My next guest is sitting right here waiting in the wings. Thank you, Eduardo. No, thanks so much. I'll see you out there. Ebony G. Patterson is sitting next to me now. Hi, Kat. Hi, Ebony. I feel so thrilled we get to sit here and have a real conversation in again. Country. Yes. <laughs> when last we spoke, it was in. Thank you, Eduardo. We just had our photo taken. We'll share that with you soon. And 
So Ebony and I have been following each other for a while now and had the chance to meet. We met in Cuba last year, in Havana, the Havana Biennial. And then in New York during the, um, during Armory Week when uh, my gallery, Monique Balash, had presented both um, my work and um, Sanford Bigas's work in a pop-up gallery in the Lower East Side. Yeah. Yes, and we recorded that day, but then I found out a few weeks later that Ebony was going to be here in Sao Paulo and I thought I'll just wait and record live with her again <laughs> about the biggest project she has going right now. So I'm really thrilled. Let's describe your room. She has on the third floor, is it? Uh, no, it's the, the second, second floor, second floor second of floor. this pavilion, which is an incredible sort of snaky design building with three levels and three is it three four, no, four levels just, european yeah, four style levels, yeah yeah, uh, yeah you know it starts with the ground level then there's one two three so think think four levels right um and uh, as eduardo had said before i mean he talks a lot about the space um and the scale of the of the building is quite um quite impressive it's very expansive and it's really interesting that there is a, a building that exists um, primarily um, for the for an exhibition that only takes place every two years. I think it says so much about the organizers, or the um, not just the organizers, but the the in, initial producers of the Biennale and the. Um, the kind of vision they had going forward, um, not just for the Biennale, but also to in kind of stating Brazil's claim in the larger con um, global conversation um, in the art community. Yeah. yeah, and Ebony's based in Jamaica and does a lot of her work there, but she travels all over. Right, well, you know, um, I, also have to, I also have to shout out Kentucky, um, because I do divide my time between um, Jamaica and Kentucky, because I teach at the university in Kentucky. Um, but yes, in the last two years, I spent most of my time um, at home in Jamaica, and it was incredibly, um, you know, it was in, 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 incredibly, um, it was just amazing. It was good to be grounded um, and truly, truly grounded at home as opposed to just going at the end of the, um, whenever I had a break during school. Um, and it was just nice to have this expanse of time to just um, re-nest at home. Um, and the works that are actually in the Biennale um, were all made um, during my stay um, at home. Yes, and her her subject matter is she's drawing references from painting and she's embellishing photographs with all kinds of, well, by collaging and also applying other elements, beads and sparkly things. Yes, uh, it was collage, decollage, um, and um, they are photo-based works, um, but they're all um, photographs that um, were crafted um, in studio with the aid of uh, several models or modeled objects um, and with the um, and also with the aid of um, my uh, photographic assistant um, Crusher um, big up yourself <laughs> um, yes yeah and the room is a vivid pink yes and inside the room, there are how many panels? Were there four panels? Um, there are, so there's one diptych. Um, so that's two panels, and one work. And then there are four, uh, four other large scale works. And the room isn't just pink, it's pink polka dot with purple carpet. That's right. That's it's, right. It's vivid, you could say. And this project also you can see on freshartinternational.com in our Fresh View Sao Paulo biennial feature that we've posted today. Okay, cool. So they can see what we're talking about if they look there. We're doing so great. I'm really excited about this first broadcast and Ebony's here with me. So we've worked through a lot this last hour and I'm just thrilled. 
And now we're going to talk about what this work is about right. after doing our little check, reality check, check. that we're still on the air. <laughs> um, the project you created is called They Were Discovering Things and Finding Ways to Understand. Well, so that's actually the, uh, the name of one of the works that's in the show, but the, the larger body of work is called, um, and that's also included in, the, in all the titles, oh, when, when They, they Grow Up. Um, so the, um, the, the work actually started, so um, in March I had a show at the Studio Museum in a project space. And the show was titled after the body of work when they grow up. And uh, the um, so my larger body of work has always been um, I've always been interested in the idea ideas around visibility and invisibility, and looking at um, people who live in um, working class uh, looking uh, at people who are from working class spaces, um, but also to um, one of the um, one of the things that I'm also or I've always also been interested in is how popular culture and the materials from popular culture are also used as tools um, of power. Um, and I'm continuing to use these materials um, in this work. But when they grow up specifically um, looks at uh, shared legacies in post-colonial spaces. So, um, and as it relates to the violence that is experienced um, by children, uh, uh, children of color. Um, so when we think about the U.S., we think about Jamaica, we think about Brazil, we think about spaces at one point or another, um, or colonial or uh, colonies rather, and we look at the um, the kind of social hierarchy or racial hierarchy, and who it is that typical, uh, typically sits at the bottom of both of these pyramid um, or scales, right? And the kind of disenfranchisement that happens to the people who are often at the bottom. And then the perceptions um, that are projected onto these people. Um, what, what do these, um, where do these projections come from? Um, um, where do these projections come from? And then how do these projections then make people um, create victims in a situation where, um, in a situation where in a sense should be given but is deprived simply because of where someone comes from and because of the color of their skin. Right. So I'll give you an example. Um, so for example, when we think of um, Tamir Rice, right, who was 12, um, he, was a, he was a child, you know, playing with a toy gun, um, but he was seen as an adult, and he was in public space. He was a black um, child, and in public space, and was seen as a threat. And even though the police officer, when you look at that video of the shooting, that had happened, the police officer was just a stone's throw away from him, so close enough that if he took the time to investigate quickly what had happened, he would have realized this was a child. Fast forward to this Olympics, we had Ryan Locke and a number of members of the, US, um, the USA swim team who had um, caused us quite a bit of trouble at a gas station. And Ryan Locke is, and he had lied about the incident. This is all very popular. We all know yeah. about this. And he was 32, right? And it was said um, by the head of the, I think it was the, the board of the Olympics, the, the Olympic committee was said, oh, these were just kids who had gotten out of hand. So what does it mean then for, um, uh, for one set of people to always be um, seen as innocent while another set of people are never allowed the possibility of innocence. And those two things are so vast, a 12-year-old and a 32-year-old. And so the, the work in the show is essentially um, an attempt to humanize, um, to give dignity and to challenge the audience in many ways about their perceptions and to question 
the inheritance of these perceptions. Let's describe one of the images so they'll know what that means. Sure. So and then we'll have to segue to the next guest. All right. Sorry. <laughs> I love hearing this. I know it's really important, and I love right. hearing the detail of you know uh, well, what's I'll behind the I'll energy talk about behind this. My favorite work. Okay. Um, in the um, in the show, which is a which is titled dot 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 love dot dot dot. Oh. When okay. they grow up, and we we all can remember, or um, we can all remember our first crush. You know, um, so in the in the image, so it's a um, where there are jacquard, um, photo-based jacquard tapestries that are photographed in these um, um, wall-to-floor environments that are built that the models then pose in, and then the photos are taken, then they're um, edited, and then they're sent off to a weaver um, for weaving. And so in the imagery, we're seeing a small about three groups of children. Um, who all seem to either be lovingly gazing at each other or being pursued by um, by each other. Um, so it's a very um, beautiful um, moment um, that I'm at, that that's captured. And then what also happens in the picture too is that the or the surface of the tapestry is also highly embellished with glitter, with uh, costume jewelry, um, with, um, with collage appliques of um, toys or patches that kids would wear on their clothes or um, appliques to, make, to be made um, to look like balloons. And then the actual surface is decollaged, so it's cut out, they're cut out circles that are in some way supposed to reference um, polka dots as a kind of playful pattern that um, we think about when um, little girls dresses um, but then at the same time because there's this kind of um, violence on the surface so the, the, the polka dots actually cut across the surface um, so even the figures are cut out um, it also references bullet holes and then there are also limbs of the figures that are also cut out so in many ways there's also a kind of ghosting that is happening and then there's a lot of um, uh, beads that are just hanging as if the painting is oozing the material as if it's oozing um, life and then on the floor there are toys and there um, colored um, paper mache balloons and all sitting on pink polka dot and a purple carpet wow so this is a violent scene, but in a way... It is referencing violence. It's referencing violence in a very beautiful way. But it's very subtle. It's and very subtle. The, you won't go in the room and wish you hadn't gone in. Right. You but, just uh, will wonder, you'll want to look closer and understand what's going on. But it's, it's, it's also subtle... Um, um, it's also subtle intentionally, because when something is... When a problem is systemic, right? Um, when it's ingrained... Um, we don't even notice it. And so that's part of the nuances or some of the nuances um, that we're attempting to do with using those subtleties in the work. Well, it looks like we have the next group of people here. Yes. yes. And they're coming in from a, a group that's created mobile devices and they're going to teach me how to say their name. They're based in Rio. Oh. Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Thank you, Ebony. Cafe, it was good talking to you as usual. It was good talking usual. to you, too. Enjoy your time in Brazil. Thank you. You and as well. You enjoy the Biennale. And if you are not here, you have until December to get here. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Ebony. Bye. Okay. Come on over, guys. We lost the girl. Yeah, yeah she's always. arriving. But, uh... <laughs> she's arriving. We lost. always lose the girl. Yeah. Bye, Ebony. <laughs> okay, so we have a group here, a collective, whose name I can't pronounce. So they're going to help me out. Opa Vivara. Ooh la, I love that. So I can describe what they do. They are, well, they were created in 2005, and they're based in Rio. And here's the girl. I need to bring one more chair. The line for the restaurant, go on this side because you'll be sharing mic. Uh, passing this mic around. These, 
Guys, when I read about your project, I was thinking mobile device, like this, like my iPhone. And so I was looking and looking through the pictures that they posted on the site to see what is this group doing with mobile devices? I've got some app, we're gonna try this app. And then I saw these push carts from Africa, it looked like to me, and I was, they're doing something very different and I hope to figure it out when I get there. So when I arrived yesterday and walked in the space and saw your mobile devices, I was thrilled and decided immediately that we needed to talk. So I'm really happy that you're here. Would you each go around and say your names? So that we know. Yeah, we we actually don't say our names. You don't. So, oh, they yes. don't say yeah, their names. Okay, Bana. let us just say that I just met them, so I don't know how they work, which is what the, the thrill is here, yeah. because I'm learning about their practice in person in Brazil. For sure, and uh, we are very happy with this work here. We started the research um, some months ago. And when we saw those pushcars that you mentioned, we started to, we, we were interested in creating a mobile project, something that wouldn't have a, 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 a fixed point inside the exhibition and that we could take out to the park or, and out to the streets, to the city. And those pushcars are perfect for that. And they are used by uh, the central of fruit distributions for the city. And the bigger ones are used for the recyclers, the ones that pick up the, the, the rubbish from the, materials, the streets. Materials, paper, metal, plastic. Okay. To make recycling. And we created above them structures that are very common um, from common use on houses like a bed, a table, a kitchen, a uh, water fountain and... Uh, one of them has a cook stove. It has a, a stove. Another one has an umbrella like you, yeah. and a, it's almost like a bamboo bed with pillows. It looks like yeah. straight off the beach somewhere. Yeah. That you could have a... And one is a, a full bed. Yeah, that's it. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, you're going to be taking these out into the community, yes, right? Yes, for sure. And around this space, what, what, how, are you, how are you working with them, with the public? How will public engage? So basically, the idea is that people interact with all the pieces. And the, the very idea of bringing this intimacy, this domesticity into the public space is also a proposition of sharing in a different way so it's like um, the public space in Brazil is not usually used and it's usually not taken care of because nobody is responsible for the public space and um, we invite people to occupy public spaces in different ways and bringing these um, all these elements from the house the kitchen the bed the sound system, like all the things that you have at home for your own pleasure, to be shared in the public space brings a different possibility of dialogue and negotiation and, I, you know, thinking about or imagining at least a different way of living that is more open and more democratic, especially now when we're right in the middle of a very non-democratic process going on in the country. And I think it's important for us to talk about that a little bit. I've actually invited the, some of the protesters, and I know you joined them yesterday, mm -hmm. to come in and talk with me after this. So I'm interested in knowing, is this, uh, is this project like other projects that you've done? Is this what your work is about? Very much. I think this strategy of bringing the private world into the public space and it doesn't matter even if it's like here it's an in-between right because it's an enclosed building but it's still a public space so the idea that we, we talk a lot is a public moment so you create a public moment independently or of where you are you can even be in a private space and have a public moment because the public moment is the very moment that the people 
take over the thing. So the very moment that the work happens is that when we arrive and everybody's sitting there, curious, picking up um, something in the kitchen, playing around, helping to cook. And, uh, I was wondering about what the machine, there's, for those listening, one of the, their mobile devices is on freshartinternational.com. I posted an image. The one that sometimes shines a blue light under it. Mm -hmm. Tell us what that one does. Karaoke. The, the, it's a karaoke and the idea it's a open microphone for people. I did not uh, know that. I did not realize that. Has it been activated? Yes. yes. We'll have to. All, all the device is for activated, for free activated right. by the audience, and we can use the table, how a table. But you can imagine other users, and all the the devices, the, the push cars, are open to these interventions and, and these users. Okay, so after this show, I'm going to go and record oh, some please. of your karaoke uh, yes, over there. So I can together. share that. Yeah, why not? So what a, that's the karaoke. I, I, I loved its blue light. The karaoke is what's on my website right now because I thought, <laughs> what is that blue light? That yeah. is so gorgeous. The karaoke is interesting because it's the very moment that the person singing becomes the artist, right? So it's, it's a moment of inversion as well. So that's... And also, especially in this moment in which we need to speak out about uh, the whole uh, coolest um, situation that we're going through, to have an open mic is essential because that gives you mm -hmm. voice as well. Yes, and this is one of the open mics right here. Although I've already <laughs> lost my voice. I hear <laughs> that. I hear that. Will you describe for our listeners what the what the situation is in Brazil that everyone is responding to, and we'll hear more about it from the other group. But The political situation? Yeah. What, what's going on that you think your piece responds to, specifically? We, we think it's a coup over the democracy, and, and it's a very difficult situation because we don't have, uh, in truth, um, a good side to believe and to to vote uh, is a very difficult moment, but we can't stay calados. We need to, to talk. talk about. You can't just stand by. You need yeah. to talk. We need yeah. to talk about. And here at the biennial, where we have people from all all the world, is a important moment to. To talk about this. Okay, we're taking a selfie right now so we can post it. <laughs> Do one more. I think maybe I was a blinker. Thank you. I'm I'm wearing this T-shirt where you can read "Luto pela democracia," and it has a double meaning in Portuguese because it means that grieve. Morning. Morning. Morning for democracy, but also fight for democracy. Oh, the same word means yes. fight and mourning? Yes. Oh. It's fight and the, the black black dress where... where exactly. Yeah. Oh. So that's, I think that it's, uh, the, that's the period that we are living in. It's a mourn, but, it, but it's also a fighting period. And what I think that our work talks about, the, the, the name is Transnomads because they are nomads and they are trans because they, they, they were modified from its original beings. And, but they talk about breaking frontiers. And what I think that the, the corporate government is doing is to create more, more frontiers, more borders, and more, and boundaries. Borders, more boundaries between riches and poor, between... They are really concerned. Yeah. And, yeah, and uh, and the the idea of trans nomads is because uh, normally we think nomads, the people who cross the frontiers and the borders and don't have uh, a fixed space or country, and they are 
here they are trans because we are crossing conceptual borders and conceptual boundaries of the political system of the society and of the system of art. So when we invite the people, the audience to to appropriate the, the work, to use and create new use, other use if we, we don't think before, we are crossing these frontiers behind the, the artist, the curator, the audience. So uh, the work is transnormant because we are crossing frontiers in many layers of the, the reality. Right. So we're talking now with this group named Opivivara. Opivivara. Good. Not bad? Not bad. Not bad. Uh, not bad. <laughs> and uh, they are talking about their project, Trans Nomads, which is a set of mobile devices in a very analog mobile device that they will be pushing and pulling around yeah. different parts of the city starting tomorrow. Yeah. And so that's kind of exciting. I hope to follow you guys around and record live with you again from my remote broadcast system, which will be brought, shared with my listeners later, but I have a handheld recorder, and we're, I'll be following some of the activities off-site, and I'm really excited about those. That's my way of working for Fresh Art International. My favorite is to do field recordings. This is the first time I've broadcast live through a radio station, so usually I'm recording and producing later so it's kind of thrilling for me to be able to share this with you and with the listeners at Jolt Radio in Miami. Great. They have a great number of listeners. It's an online site joltradio.org and so you can listen to it anytime from and it broadcasts 24-7 Great. and Amazing. you can uh, listen at all the time and I'll be producing some podcasts from what re I'm recording live so you'll have an archive of, of our conversation too. Okay, join okay. us. It was lovely meeting you and I've got the protesters out there waiting to come in. Okay. So I'll let them join us and thank Perfect. you. Let's wave them in before because I'm on the yeah, air I'll, on the I'll air. Call them. Would I'll you go call get them? them. Yes, yes. Thank you so I'll much. You to a song? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'll bring my karaoke. song. I will enjoy the karaoke with you and I thank you for your time today. It was lovely meeting thank you. you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So I'm waiting for the protesters who are walking this way. And I will see you guys later. Uh, they are all wearing black t-shirts with white letters. Or some of their sympathizers are wearing white t-shirts with black letters. And they're going to be explaining to me what they're doing for as a protest during the Sao Paulo Biennial. There you go. Hi, I'm Kathy Bird with Fresh Art International, welcome. Come on in and pull the door shut, okay? So we have one, two, three, four, five of those participating in protests during the biennial, and they, I don't know that they, six, seven. There's, would you shut the door, please? Uh, it sort of blocks a little bit of the sound. So I don't know if you introduce yourselves, uh, we pass the mic around. If you go by your name or you don't want to go by name, it's up to you. Uh, or just uh, so. My name is Lorival Coquinha. I'm an artist, and uh, we are the Aparelhamento. And uh, I will pass by Analira. I am Analira. I am from Recife and also from Aparelhamento. My name is Barbara Wagner. I, I come from Recife as well. It's a coincidence, no? The three yes. Of us actually. We yes. Are, uh, we, we are part of Aparelhamento. I don't know how what to does that translate mean? that. Yeah. How would you translate Aparelhamento? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. How to translate so, it? Can you help us? How would you translate Aparelhamento to English? <laughs> <laughs> no way. No idea. Does it have a meaning, like a, a feeling? Yeah, that, uh, 
we're talking about you can talk uh, about we are talking story. about the, the action that we we made yesterday here at the Yes, to, to situate this, this group, uh, during the press conference yesterday, this group came in and this group came in and they are uh, chanting, and I don't speak Portuguese, I don't know what they're chanting, but this is a protest that has been uh, permitted, allowed, uh, invited, really, by the biennial uh, organizers, the curator and permitted by the Biennial Foundation to take place during the, during the exhibition. So they are explaining, maybe, the name of the group. We're having a discussion about the translation. In the dictatorship in Brazil between uh, 1964 and uh, 1988, uh, the dictatorship call it Aparelhos, the name of the place where the people against the government, they have uh, meetings to, to do something. The name was Aparelhos. So the name of this group is Aparelhamento. It's a kind of situation because now we are in, um, uh, we are with a government very strong dictator dictatorship, a kind of dictatorship, and uh, we did this group, Aparelhamento, and um, the first action of this group was we, we took a lot of pieces from 260 artists from all the Brazil, and we sold them, we sold? In you a, sold, the, we sold the artwork? In an in a auction. Okay. And this money, and uh, a lot of collectors was there, and the collectors, golpistas, I don't know how to say it in English, but a lot of golpistas collectors also, because the market... Uh, the market uh, what does golpista mean? Uh, those who are aligned with the coup. That's those aligned with the coup, okay. Supporting the coup, okay. working for that to happen, if it's to happen. Yeah, because we know the art market is very conservative. In, in yes. The, no, not the art market, but some actors in the art market, like collectors, and the, they supported the the group. And the, but they had to go in this place that we we were to selling to buy these pieces and support a, a, a actions against the group. That was the the irony in the apparelhamento to do something against the coup with the money in some way that came to these people through the coup. Okay. Do you, do you understand? Yes. Why doesn't one of you explain, because our American listeners are not paying attention to Brazil, okay? So one of you to tell us what is going on exactly. I think the American paying attention in Brazil when we discover oil. Like yes. The there you go. <laughs> But when we're not talking about oil and the biennial, which is fantastic, and it's fantastic that I had the chance to meet you and invite you to come into the show today, to bring the protest on, you know, because our listeners need to be better informed about the world outside, and it's a great opportunity. So we're going to have a little current events from one of the members of this group. It's a, uh, quite a difficult task to explain or to... Uh, fully understand what's going on in the, the uh, uh, context, political context in Brazil now, and, but some, some uh, I guess, and, and I guess we agree on that there's um, a sum of different uh, issues, uh, first of all, of, of an international movement, uh, including United States, of trying to um, to keep control of some some uh, exploitation of natural resources or keeping neoliberals on the power. The idea of that neoliberals could be uh, living, uh, has, uh, have less power in Brazil, it's, uh, it's something that worries a lot the empires. Uh, uh, the world, the world uh, leaders, I guess. The world leaders. Mm -hmm. So uh, I guess Brazil is uh, it's, uh, one of the, the issues is related to that. 
But another issue is, is truly um, uh, government which have uh, a more, an agenda more uh, pointed towards uh, social transformations or social movements attend, uh, putting focus on social uh, issues and that would not be really uh, acceptable for the, the, the typical elite that has been ruling Brazil since the since the 500, first, years. 500 years. <laughs> so, so this is an ongoing uh, struggle and it, it's, uh, it's so sad that we are sort of uh, moving back to some really important uh, to try to, to, to keep this agenda on, this agenda that has been Rejected by this new, this new elite. So the new the the group is interested in the uh, a government that addresses social issues, and that government has been usurped. Totally. Okay. It's one of the common common uh, agreement. It's a group composed mainly by artists, artists, activists, people who are working in the arts. Understanding that the arts is a way of being socially engaged, and then that's maybe a completely um, a different way of, of seeing the arts. So there are people who are not exactly making art pieces to 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 show in exhibition spaces, but they are active in occupying spaces in the city. So I think one way of explaining this action yesterday is just. Um, Thinking of the, the impeachment that happened this week, it just happened the biennial opens a couple of days after that. That was a very um, um, eloquent way of saying us artists in the Aparelamento group, participating or not in the biennial, have something to say. We are not, we don't accept Michel Temer as the president of Brazil. Dilma Rousseff was impeached. Uh, Michel Temer assumed. Uh, for us, it's a coup. It's not legitimate that he is our president. So, so basically, what we were chanting and was "Fora Temer," which is "Get out, Michel Temer." Okay. Don't recognize you as president. So let could you say it a couple of times just so they can hear what we heard yesterday? <laughs> Fora Temer. Fora Temer. Fora Temer. Fora Temer. Golpista, and then new elections, new. Back to this agenda again. It's we important. Want democracy back. Yeah, it's important to say. Uh, it's important to say. Dilma, nothing is proved against Dilma Rousseff. Nothing is proved. But in a lot of ways, is a lot of the guys that voted against her, they are indiciados. I don't know how to say it. They are accused. They are accused. Strongly accused by crimes. Included the crime of her, the, 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 same, the same crime that she supposedly committed, but they are all accused yeah, of. Yeah, and she has no, they has, they had no proof to against her. No, 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 exactly. And so our idea is right now to uh, proposing uh, new activities along the next two years. <laughs> discussing these kind of things and trying to, to make the world understanding what we are going on here in Brazil. Because uh, culture in Brazil is not a kind of entertainment. You know, there are, there are a lot of uh, cultural projects that really affect communities, groups, um, and we are all uh, aware of that. And the civil rights that are being curtailed are going to, to interfere in people's lives and these people are also artists uh, in the slums and a lot of, a lot of um, uh, districts in Brazil and we think that, that we have to push this, this conversation along the next few years and Aparelamento was organized in a way that we, we needed to, to make actions in this moment that are very important uh, due to the impeachment, but we are organizing as well to, uh, to continue our actions in, in, the, coming yeah, in the coming years. It's years. not just for this one no. 
It's you were formed in when? When did the group start forming? In, I, f I think the the first uh, yeah uh, yeah no just I think this the first year. Idea was in the end in April when when we we occupied the Funart the funda Fundação National Foundation of Art when the Minister of Culture here the minister was uh, extincted by the new government and by two two weeks we didn't have uh, oh, you're, minister. you're saying the culture minister was ousted himself. No, the, the, ministry, the whole culture ministry was dissolved? Yeah. Dissolved in, by two weeks and we occupied Funarte, Fundación National Foundation of Art, and a lot of places, and they put uh, put again the minister. But uh, like a minister, a minister, I don't know, it's not really, it's a kind of a pelego minister, I don't know how we say in English, but a minister, a minister, a coup minister. Wow. There is no representativity in these ministers now, and we are against the minister, against the government. And I think the apparatus has a, a very specific way to to fight because we we took some money from the from the system also to do something against the fish, against the system. That I think is is interesting in the, in the action. It's very interesting. I'm thrilled to have met you here today. I'm pleased to, to put your issues before a larger audience outside Brazil. Thank you for being with me today. This is Fresh Art International on Jolt Radio, Miami. I'm Kathy Bird. Thank you for joining us today. We're broadcasting live from inside the exhibition pavilion of the 32nd Sao Paulo Biennial in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Today's guests on the Fresh Art International show were Eduardo Navarro of Argentina, Ebony G. Patterson of Jamaica, Opi Vivaro, an artist collective from Brazil, and protesters of the Aparelmento movement, a group of artists that is actively protesting current politics in Brazil. We are live streaming from the Sao Paulo Biennial on September 6, 7, and 8, 2016. Please join us on joltradio.org for more conversations. This is Kathy Bird for Fresh Art International.